Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your purple-haired mayor. Uh, and this is my big dumb hat that I should be wearing today because we wear this hat on Sundays when we win. But this hat is for winners, so I can't wear it. I'm furious. And I'm still here with Jesse, who's way more calm and level-headed than I am. Uh, this is your vice mayor, occasionally known as Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. That was that was not great. That was mm. that was I don't know. What Very do you upset. what do you think? Does that does that trump the Scott McGuff back to back home run no. in San Diego <laughs> loss? Is that still the worst loss of the season for you? I think so because that one was just so immediate. Uh, the one thing I do want to say is that this guy and like it's weird, you know, like. If you have a really attractive uh, spouse, you don't really want to hype them up going too much. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say Jesse is a uh, brilliant baseball mind, but I will say that in both instances of today's game and last night's game, uh, Jesse just got a really sick feeling in his tummy when it came to the uh, closing situation or reliever situation uh, and had valid reasons for it. You know, we talked about Andrew Chafin last night, and the first thing at the ballpark Jesse said was, Ugh. Uh, I don't know about this one. Like Andrew Chafin has been utilized a lot lately. Doesn't seem like the greatest fit to bring him in. And if you were watching last night's game, you saw what happened. Uh, similar to today, Jesse had actually said, told me he was surprised they didn't make a move. And then when they brought in Miguel Castro, even though he only threw four pitches last night, still very surprised that they brought him in. He only threw two pitches last was it night, two pitches? I believe. Oh, yeah, I thought it was four. But um, anyway, I'm... Whatever. I mean, I think four is the number of pitches it took for him to throw today before the Washington Nationals had turned a two-run deficit into a one-run lead. Gross. Uh, do yeah. Miguel Castro, three straight games. That's something that you really don't see managers do almost ever. Um, and I know, yeah, you can definitely make the case. Castro only threw two pitches in the game yesterday. But it's not really about that. It's about the fact that you're still getting up in the bullpen and warming up and everything you're still pitching in three straight games. And that that is just something that at least I personally, if I were in Tory's shoes, I would I would avoid that at all costs. I probably would have gone to, you know, maybe Jose Ruiz or yeah. or or someone else in this situation. Hindsight is definitely 2020. So course. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, if, if Miguel Castro pitches like he normally has, then everyone goes home happy and we're not having this conversation right now. Uh, but yeah, the D-backs bullpen is shorthanded. There's no no question about it. They've been rolling with a seven-man bullpen uh, for the last week since they called up Dominic Fletcher. 
And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it hasn't, uh, it, it, I guess it's worked to some degree, uh, early in the week. It was, it was okay. It didn't really hurt them in any situation. Um, but these last couple days, you've started to see a very taxed bullpen for this Diamondbacks team, I think show, show that in games. And Andrew Chafin was a disaster yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he was just not able to drive his slider down into the strike zone. And then Miguel Castro, uh, you know, some hard contact in this one. Very also some ugly defense for the D-backs. They were also one for 13 with runners in scoring <laughs> position. Yeah. They should have been yeah. so, frankly, they should have been so far ahead in this game that it would not have mattered and they would not have even needed to use a closer in this that's, game. I don't know where to start with this one, Derek. There, this is This is the type of game that if you are a contending baseball team, if you have playoff aspirations, you just don't let games like this get away. And that's exactly what the Diamondbacks did. And, I think it's going to be a while before fans are able to to move on from this one. We're going to get back to the bullpen here in a second, but Jen says here in the comments, how do you get all those walks, load the bases in back-to-back innings, and only score run one run? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the D-backs have been one of the best teams in the league. It's at, at you know scoring with a runner at third and less than two outs. I believe they had the highest percentage in, in baseball, at least as of a couple days ago. Uh, they also led the National League in, in batting average with runners in scoring position entering today. Yeah. So, like, they've been pretty good at yeah. these things. But... But still, like, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs, but you can't you can't let an entire game go by where you just fail to execute in almost every single one of those situations. The D-backs scored eight runs, but they did that because Lourdes Gurriel Jr. hit a couple home they runs. They did it because, because Christian I Walker died homered, purple, Because Jose Herrera hit a fielder's choice ground out that probably should have been a double play that wouldn't have scored a run. Purple hair, Derek. It, yes, purple, yeah. All roads, all roads lead all back roads lead to, to purple, to purple hair, 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 Sure. Uh, one for 13 with runners in scoring position. Uh, 11 men left on base. Uh, outside of Luis Guriel, I mean, this team wouldn't have, I mean, they, they wouldn't have even been in this game. I mean, being honest about it. Uh, the But the one thing that's obviously the most concerning is uh, two runs given up by the bullpen in the seventh inning, one run given up in the eighth, three runs given up in the ninth. The This is another one of those instances where nobody in the bullpen could get an out. It felt like Ryan Nelson came in and was fairly effective, but he doesn't go very long. So they didn't utilize him as long as maybe uh, they could have considering he was kind of, uh, I mean, looking at the uh, performances, him and Joe Mantiply were the only ones that were able to basically keep runs off the board, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, And again, a big part of it was using Miguel Castro, obviously, who was a bit, Overutilized lately, lately, not making any kind of move prior to this game to bring up a reliever that could have helped alleviate some of this a bit. You know, maybe a Dre Jameson. I I don't know, but I mean, at this point, it doesn't seem like they have any plans to put Jameson back in the starting rotation. So uh, he started like a couple days ago for Reno. So I don't well, I don't know if he would have started been right. Like he's been yeah. ever since he went down to Reno. He's been starting. yeah. He's I a just starter on the major, major league roster. I don't. I don't know if they seemingly have plans to utilize him at this point, but you can't argue with the success they had. Now, I will say that Ryan Nelson was exactly what the Diamondbacks needed from him today, to be honest. I mean, we're not going to get these incredible outings out of Ryan Nelson, but he was able to go five innings. He gave up seven hits, uh, two earned runs, three runs total. He walked one and struck out three. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't anything overly exciting, but... It was a consistent start and exactly what the Diamondbacks needed. Maybe a little bit more length, maybe get another inning out of him and go to six. But, I mean, imagine from Torrey's perspective, that's exactly what they they hope to get out of Ryan Nelson today. 
Yeah, I thought Ryan Nelson was fine. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't great. This this Nationals offense, frankly, is is one of the worst in the game. This is not. This is not a team that that you you know you want to be giving up 15 hits to like the D-backs did today. Uh, Nelson gave up seven of those. I don't think he was super sharp, but he continues to I would say trend in the in the right direction. Uh, his fastball velocity was up a little bit today. He was averaging like 95, a little over 95, which is really good for him. So you love to see that. I, I think his secondary stuff continues to be pretty inconsistent. Uh, yeah, he he couldn't. It, it felt like he couldn't hit the strike zone at times with his secondary pitches. Yeah, that's just that's kind of always been the issue for him is you just don't really know what you're going to get with the secondary pitches, yeah. which one's going to be on, you know, which ones aren't going to be on. And he also has a tendency to elevate uh those pitches in in some really bad spots and and that's where the nationals are getting a lot of those hits from it's it's just you know middle middle the occasional middle middle four seamer uh or a slider or change up or something that gets elevated there were more of those than i'm sure ryan nelson would have liked in this game but he's not the reason the d-backs lost this game it goes back to hitting with runners in scoring position um as as michael's talking about in the comments there and and it comes back to a, a bullpen that is gassed um, but I, I think if we're being honest, Derek, even if this bullpen is fully well rested and well managed and everything, you still have to have the conversation about is is this D-backs bullpen actually the significant improvement from last year that a lot of people have perceived it to be so far? You had a really good feeling about Andrew Chafin and Miguel Castro and what they were bringing late in games. Now you look up at the box score, Andrew Chafin's ERA jumped over four yeah. with that disastrous outing yesterday. Um, he didn't retire a single hitter. He literally just needed to get one out to finish the game. Um, and, and he was unable to do that. And then Miguel Castro, just uh, a disaster in this one as well. He made a really wonky throw over to first base. That was part of the, uh, the disaster as well. And then Joey Manessis, of course, hits the big three run homer that puts the Washington Nationals in front. And, and beyond those two guys, you also had Scott McGuff who pitched yesterday and gave up a home run. But if he had been able to finish that inning, then the Diamondbacks wouldn't have needed to, to use Andrew Chafin in that game yesterday. They wouldn't have needed to use Miguel Castro yesterday. So yeah, It's a cascading effect, considering it, it they really can't is. get that support. They can't, they can't get that consistency. And uh, what I will disagree with about Michael, because he said if they hit better with men in scoring position, they win the day. I'm not arguing that. That's They went one for 13. With runners in scoring position, obviously. You don't even need more hits with runners in scoring position. You just need a few more productive outs. Yeah. Like there were a lot of exactly. strikeouts and a lot of bases loaded in field grounders. Where a walk could have brought in a run or whatever. And obviously, yeah. that extra run that they could have generated, especially with those bases loaded opportunities, would have made a huge difference in a game that they lose by one run, nine to eight. Um, but what I will say is, I think it's kind of bullshit that at times we find a way to try to let the bullpen out of this, right? I'm not saying a bullpen is going to be perfect. I'm not going to be mad if a bullpen gives up a one run lead, right? This was not a one run lead. This was a significant lead. This, this was, was a seven, three game, seven going to three seventh game right? <laughs> like this is not a small insignificant lead. This was a gigantic lead that they should have been able to prevent from losing. I know that doesn't always go that way. And I know that this bullpen actually has been at times quite good compared to last season. But the Diamondbacks offensively are much better this season than they were last season. They're putting up much, many more runs on the board. They're score, they're kind of keeping their foot on the pedal. I talked to Tori last night about that, and I felt like that was a big reason why they were able to come back in the ninth inning of last night's game and score 
that those those crucial runs to put them back on top. Even if it was a, with a walk off walk, it was the patience at the plate. It was able to load the bases. It was everything that they did, and they just felt like they were still in a groove offensively because they never really took their foot off the pedal. This game, they kind of had had that going, but it felt like when they got into those bases loaded situations or with those runners in scoring position late, they did put take their foot off the pedal because they had a substantial lead. And I don't understand how they didn't learn from just last night, but uh, they they tried to keep things going offensively. They just couldn't generate those late runs, which they really shouldn't have to. They shouldn't really have to be putting up. 10 plus runs in order to win a game that they were up yeah. at one point by over, you know, four runs or, or more. Right. And so that's the part where I don't think the bullpen should be let off the hook. Uh, and honestly, it's not entirely the bullpen's fault. Some of it falls on Tory's shoulders as well as being a manager and his usage of the bullpen. Tory kind of falls into a situation where he really likes guys. He knows who he can count on. You can tell that that right now is definitely Andrew Chafin and Miguel Castro, but you can only utilize relievers to to a point where it's where where now is coming back on you if they're having poor performances and it's not necessarily on them. Yeah, bullpen usage has been a, a big topic of conversation lately. Uh, obviously, Andrew Chafin having the game that he had yesterday, you had to wonder, is Chafin just kind of wearing down? Yeah. Um, Tori was, slipped up and called Chafin his closer last night. He did. By mistake, and Andrew he did Chafin, he sort of like half walked it back and yeah. said, hey, I'm still allowed to use other guys if I want to. Right. But he did sort of call Andrew Chafin his closer. Uh, but yeah, that closer, Derek, is on pace to pitch in about 75 games this season. Um, we asked Tori last night, like, have, do you have a a number of appearances in a season that you would be comfortable with? Do you have that number pinned down? He said somewhere in the like 50s or mid 60s, something in that range. Yeah. Both Miguel Castro and Andrew Chafin are on pace for well north of that. So, and they've been good in a lot of games. You know, I like I think a lot of people would be up in arms in some of these games we've had in the past if those guys weren't pitching late. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. So I mean, it's you can't have you can't have your best relievers pitch all the time. But you do have to wonder if if Castro and Chafin, these appearances that they've had these last couple of days, if it has something to do with how much they've been used this season. Yeah. And Torrey himself is open and admitting, we can't, this is not sustainable. We cannot continue to use these guys as much as we are. Andrew Chafin's the type of guy where he's he's never going to tell you that he's tired from what we can tell. I mean, he seems like he always is is gassed up and ready to go. I'm sure he was you know eager to get into this game as well. Yeah. But there there are limits with how much you can use these guys. And it seems like right now that the D-backs just don't have enough depth in their bullpen to, to have other guys that they can go to in those late game situations and feel confident. And part of that is, uh, and again, I, I don't mean to go back to something we were just talking about a little while ago and, and kind of harp on it, but uh, things were very balanced with Dre Jameson in the bullpen. And I, I don't really know if that's the answer they're going to fall back on but it definitely feels like they need to do something in order to supplement this bullpen and bring somebody in that can that can give them some length because they need that they need somebody that can eat up some innings uh, and not just a, a one plus guy they need a guy that can go four innings if they need it and to be honest they don't really have that right now unless they turn one of these guys into that uh let's be honest ryan nelson dre jameson and tommy henry you could say they're all interchangeable, but Dre Jamison right now is the one that's really struggling as a starting pitcher, yet found success as, as a reliever. I'm not sure if putting him back to the pen is going to instantly cause him 
to find that success again, but it definitely feels like something worth kicking the tires on. It's it is interesting. Yeah. I mean, you you can't feel great about the D backs course with Dre Jameson this year, right? He, you know, he's in spring training as a starter. The D backs are adamant talking about him being a starter. And then at the last minute, they decide he's he's going to be a reliever to start the season. But they were want, they wanted to keep him stretched out. He was going to be a reliever, but somehow, some way, they were going to try to keep him stretched out. Inevitably, that was going to be difficult, and and it was. And uh, you know, before you knew it, Dre Jameson was throwing twenty or thirty pitches or whatever it was in an outing. Um, and yeah, and now you have him. You know, it converted him back into. A starter when Zach Davies went down, you felt like it happened just in time. You still had time to convert him back into a starter. Uh, and then he struggled, right? He really struggled in that role. Now he's down in Reno, and the results there haven't been great either. Obviously, yeah. it's a yeah. very difficult place to pitch, a place that, that Dre really struggled with last year. Uh, but yeah, you do have to wonder, like, if the D-backs had just kept Dre Jamison in the bullpen... They had a really good thing going, at least at the beginning of the year. There weren't a lot of innings there. You definitely needed to see more. But you do wonder if maybe the bullpen wouldn't be in as much of a bind right now if they had Dre Jamison as like that multi-inning weapon that he was early in the season. I think they've they've really missed that guy over these last few weeks. You know what I'm really sad about, if I'm being honest? Today was Bark at the Park at Chase Field. It was. And some of those dogs are only going to get to see one baseball game potentially in their lifetime right wow i'm just saying like i'm not trying to be bleak about it i'm just saying like not everybody they can come back to bark it do they only do one bark in the park per year now no i believe they do multiple jesse they used to do it they used to do it every month um dogs don't get to come to the baseball uh park very often so my dogs definitely will whenever i get dogs but that's really the owner's problem, Derek. It probably is, but it's the baseball team's problem for not winning in front of these dogs, right? You, there's a lot of reasons to do it. You know, you do it for Tory, you do it for the team, you do it for winning, try to win the NL West, but you absolutely do it for the doggos. You have to you have to take right? care of business for the doggos. That's a great <laughs> but point. One man tried his best to take care of it for the doggos. Uh, and it's the same man who's my hair twin. It's our King Snake, Lourdes Guriel Jr. Uh 750 batting average in two games in this series, Jesse. Three dingers, five RBI. Explain to me how this wasn't caused by my hair. Like, make a case I for I how. I don't know if I can. I don't. I don't think I can. I. I, I don't. I don't typically take personal credit uh, for the performance of athletes on on the baseball diamond or you know wherever they play. But uh, you also know I don't. I don't. I don't believe in in that the words we say on Twitter actually curse a baseball team to win or lose baseball games, right? I don't believe right. in that. But uh, starting to think something special is going on with this hair. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about it more, though, of course, because I'm very vain and I can't stop talking about myself. We're going to be talking about your hair empowering Lourdes Gurriel Jr. For it's a whole segment. Probably, whole, yeah, whole probably several months. So uh, buckle in, everybody. Oh, that's a good point, yeah, for several <laughs> months. Uh, I also... Need to do a better job. I, I've, I've already ran out of purple wardrobe. Uh, this has some purple in it, this big league shoe. It doesn't match quite sure, as well the, as some yeah, of the other, the some of the other one, stuff you pulled out. Uh, pins and aces, though, they have me covered. They have some amazing purple uh, polo shirts. They have, they even have the, the, the buttons up, ups like I like. Uh, and you can check out all of their gear over at pinsandaces.com. They're our official golf apparel partner of All City and PHNX. 
they're also the official partner of our friends over at Big Drive Energy. Uh, check them out wherever you get your podcasts if you're a big fan of golf podcasts. But we love our gear. Uh, I'm going to order some more purple stuff to match my hair. Uh, and I will also tell everybody that you need to come out on May 26th to our Keeping It 100 Golf Tournament. You can click the link in the show notes to sign up for that tournament. It's at Dobson Ranch on May 26th. Uh, free pins and aces, PHNX collaboration polo would sign up that I absolutely, absolutely will riot if I don't get one of. Uh, there will be games, prizes, and more. So check out pinsandaces.com and use code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Uh, also, if you haven't downloaded the BetMGM app yet, we have teamed up with our friends at BetMGM this season, and we will be using their lines to make all of our picks. Uh, we have also have a special offer, offer for all of our listeners each week. Uh, you got to check out their signature bets for the NBA playoffs, uh, MLB bets, uh, so much more. We also have PHNX curated in-app bets, so I, I still can't wait for the, the, the Shane Deethan lock to come through. Uh, but a big shout-out to everybody that came out on Friday to our Knockout Knights Cornhole League. Uh, I learned that I am not nearly as good at cornhole um, as I thought. So you learn something new me about a little, yourself a little concerned day. for next month there. Yeah, Unfortunately, yeah. my success is tied to yours. Me and Damon might just have to we take might have matters to, into look, our own We hands. might have to kick Derek I, off the spot. I, I feel like I was better than a lot of people at PHNX. So I don't feel like there was the, 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 the lack of talent there. I feel like the level of talent from our listeners was very high. So ah. uh, shout out to them for being very good at cornhole. Uh, Jesus, Jesse, the board was like like a hundred yards away from me. I've never I've never had to throw it back that far. I didn't 100 know what, yards? I don't know. There I'm probably, is no way the I'm board probably, was, That's uh, a football field, I'm Derek. Being sarcastic, maybe a little <laughs> bit. It just felt like that. But anyway, we're still doing our Knockout Knights Cornhole League the first Friday of every month. So make sure to join us out at the Bet MGM Sportsbook by State Farm Stadium. Uh, if you haven't signed up for Bet MGM app yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Bro, there were people out there with like tape measures, like making sure it was regulation and like levels and stuff. Is that There's a people, thing? Is there regulation? There is like regulation distances distance? for coral. That was really? gonna that was gonna be my move. So if I was playing bad and I was like missing stuff, I'd be like, "Are we sure that these that, that these are regulations? Regulation? Regulation? Are these actual corn bags? Are this corn in these bags? Like, not there sure. Was a question about That's that. That's not how I grew sure. up playing. Yeah, these aren't these aren't the the material I use when I do it. But anyway. Uh, we thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for being there on Friday. If you were there there on Friday, we thank you guys for being here now. If you haven't had a chance to uh, subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, make sure you do that. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a thumbs up. It just helps me. Uh, it's self-affirmation. It makes me feel good about myself. Uh, if you're listening to us on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there if you haven't done so as well. Uh, leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. The numbers in this series are fairly ugly, Jesse, when we look at some uh, some numbers here. Uh, a very close series, once again, for what seemed like a fairly dominant win 
for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But with today's loss, things, once again, baseball their way to being very close in a three-game series. Honestly, it's amazing to take two out of three in a series when you hit 129 with runners in scoring position and the other team at 364. It's so gross. Like that that in itself it's is, so is pretty incredible. But the Diamondbacks had lots of opportunities with runners in scoring yeah. position. And so many of them were generated by those 18 walks that they had, which again, they are being they they have they they had an, an area of concern. They addressed it, and we are seeing them get more walks than their opposing team in these series. In this case, they just weren't able to convert those runners on base into runs. Yeah. Yeah. I starting pitching in this series was was pretty good overall, right? Uh Merrill Kelly was was outstanding, outstanding on yeah. Friday. Fantastic on Friday. Um the D backs only scored three runs in that game. So that was that was really all on Merrill. Uh, the bullpen did a nice job in, in that one as well. That was back when everyone liked Andrew Chafin and Miguel Castro. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how things could change in two oh, days. shit changes fast around here in a week, Jesse. You know that. I thought Tommy Henry was pretty good yesterday. Uh, you know, six innings, two runs. He he definitely kept the D-backs in the game, gave yeah. them a chance to win. Kenzie Gore was also really good in that game. Uh, both bullpens blew up uh, blew up yesterday. And then, you know, today Ryan Nelson definitely outpitched Trevor Williams. But... Obviously, the D-backs bullpen was was just outperformed by a Nationals bullpen that wasn't particularly good either. So, uh, yeah, good to see good to see Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson kind of bounce back a little bit. I know I don't I don't think Tommy Henry was so good yesterday that, you know, you're you're necessarily convinced about his future in the rotation. But it, it was a step in the right direction. And against the Nationals team that, like we've said, is just not a very good offensive team. Yeah. That's where you got to take care of business. Like if you're vying for a rotation spot, if you're a young guy trying to prove yourself against the Nationals and against some of the teams the D-backs are playing soon, this is when you kind of have to prove your your worth as, as a starting pitcher. And I thought those guys took advantage of the opportunity. He's absolutely right. We've talked about this and we've talked about we, we don't know what it is about the Diamondbacks that don't that doesn't allow them to finish these series off. Right. They still don't have a sweep this season, but they have still only lost two series, I believe. I think they lost the one to the Marlins and the one to the Padres. Yeah. So for the most part, this team has played fairly well against their opposition. But at the same time, it's weird how they kind of, you know, kind of they they, they play up to the better teams. And then these teams, they somehow let like the Royals and even a Rockies team that wasn't very good. They let them hang around where even though they won the series, you can't be super proud of of the way they won and the way the games went a win is a win. Right. But with the way that the diamondbacks are playing in certain areas, they, they should be much more dominant dominating wins. They should be, there should be a few sweeps in there. in there. We talked about this uh, before we started, but the Royals, the Rockies in this series, that, that probably should have been three sweeps and the diamondbacks were very, very much in the driver's seat in all of those series, but they were just unable to get the job done in the final game. And, I, I don't know. You know, we talked about them kind of keeping the foot on the gas, and we saw that a bit more in this series. Like, they didn't slow down offensively as the game went on, but in today's game, they just really couldn't get that one hit that they needed to just drive in a couple of extra runs late that would have helped them keep this lead and and probably would have, you know, put this thing away for once to to have that series sweep. It's just that's what the Diamondbacks are going to need to do. They That's 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 the next hill that they need to get over is it, – it, and Bob – Brenly put it so simply, but so perfectly. They need to get greedy. That's what they need to do. And they need yeah. to not be content with winning a series and being okay with letting this one slip away from them. They should be mad about this. They shouldn't even think of the two wins. They should just sit on this loss 
and think about how much they had this game in the bag and it slipped away from them. Yeah, I I feel like as far as the whole runners and hitting with runners and scoring position things thing goes, I kind of view hitting with runners and scoring position as like making three pointers in in the NBA. Um, we got the Suns game going on That's right good right, right over here. Where you go with I'm it. Bringing, go. Out, bringing out all my basketball analogies, <laughs> just in that it's streaky, right? Like it it's just it's you're gonna have your highs, sure. you're gonna have your lows, you're yeah. gonna have your days where you go nine for thirteen with runners in scoring position. You're going to have your days where you go one for 13, like the D-backs went today, yeah. right? Um, but through those things, you know, you're you're able to get by based on being a fundamentally sound team, being a well-run team. And and some of these games that the D-backs have, have lost recently, you know, it you're, you're not going to always get the big hit with runners in scoring position, but there are other things that you can control. Um, something that we probably should talk about is Lourdes Gurriel's defense in left field. As much as we want to talk about that, that you turned him into a superhuman by dyeing your hair purple, Derek. Let's talk about you, it. We need, we need it to take effect on the defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, Lourdes lost one ball in the lights at one point today, clanked off his glove. Yeah. One of the base hits in the ninth inning was a ball that I'm they pretty said, sure. They said he lost in the lights, but yeah. I don't know. It just, he still it, played it on a hop. It wasn't an error, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that just about any other outfielder on this roster probably makes that play. And more importantly, he was he, he was caught up in his feelings in the moment and he kind of boohooed which allowed the runner to get into second instead of right. just taking first, right? Like right. that extra time definitely cost him and it wasn't it wasn't just missing the catch, it was then the way that he did not get the ball into the infield in time to prevent that runner from taking second. Of course, it was a home run that scored him anyway, so I guess it didn't it's matter all, what base he was on. Right, but, we're talking about bad defense. But, bad yeah. defense isn't just missing the ball. It's also not keeping your head in the game to where even if you miss the ball, you fucking get that ball back in as as quickly as possible, right? That's that's how you rebound from missing a, a catch like that. Yeah, and, and as far as on the offensive side of things goes, Let's talk about it. the, the D-backs have been good with runners in scoring position on the whole, but they've also had some really bad mishaps in some really crucial situations. I think back to that 5-4 that loss that they had against the Royals going back to that series. I think it was Cattell Marte who popped up on the first pitch with a runner at yes. third and, and less than yeah, two outs. Less than two outs. And, yeah. and there were so, I mean, there were several instances of that in, yeah. in this game. No team's going to be perfect in that. You're going to have your highs. You're going to have your lows. But when pushes come to shove in, in some of those situations, the D-backs have not been able to come through. Uh, and I know that, you know, we're not out at the ballpark after this one. I'm sure Tori Lovello is is communicating that to his team, and he's not happy oh, with those things as Tory, well. Tori Lovello, you could just tell, was absolutely livid inside it, like he internally. wasn't happy after yesterday's game either yeah even no though, even though the d-backs came back to win he was not happy about that one either but but yeah the d-backs have just in these series against these lesser teams they played to your point earlier they've just left something on the table right you really could have had a sweep with the way that the royals yeah. performed in that series but you just left that one game on the table and in this one you really could have had a sweep against the nationals but you just left that game today on the table uh, the Rockies won, maybe less so. The D-backs kind of got blown out. Ryan Nelson really struggled. Uh, I think that was a week ago. So um, maybe less so that one. You're not going to sweep every series against a bad team. But those are at least two games that you can easily pinpoint <sighs> yeah. as you're going to have your highs, you're going to have your lows, but like good teams just win that game. They just do. And, and the D-backs, unfortunately, you know, may, maybe they still have a ways to go, right? We're not here talking about the D-backs being 
you know, a perennial they lost the series or anything like that. Yeah, they didn't lose the series. And and they also have not proven themselves to be a true playoff contender yet. Right. There's still going to be some growing pains as they try to kind of become that team. And, and we're we're seeing some of that right now. Uh, do we want to talk about Lourdes Gurriel and what's happened since I dyed my hair? I mean, yeah, we've talked about it a little bit already. You want to get you want to give some more specifics uh, on some of the uh, the absurd numbers and whatnot offensively. Lourdes is that we're Gurriel is eight for fourteen with four home runs, four walks, and one strikeout since I dyed my hair purple. Now his defense, I think, might have gotten worse, Derek. I, that's that's, look, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes you know, <laughs> like sometimes you gotta sacrifice one to make the other one go. In the that's other a pretty decent right? trade. Okay. You'll you'll take the you'll take the four dingers in a span of like four games if if that's what it takes. I don't want to keep my hair purple. That's I just want to make that abundantly clear. But I know you people, and I know that should I do something like shave my head. And Lourdes Gurriel were to go into a slump, you would come to my house and find me. I know that's what would happen, that's right? Absolutely, so what they would do. Essentially, I'm backed into a corner now that I put myself in, right? Like I did this to myself. Um, I, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. But still, I, my wife bought purple shampoo that especially is supposed to keep your hair purple. Really? When you dye your hair purple. I didn't know that was a thing. I I did not know that was a thing either, Jesse. Nor did I know that she purchased it from Amazon and had it delivered uh, two-day free shipping, right? So now there is a bottle of purple shampoo slash hair dye in my house that I'm supposed to use in order to keep this looking like this. I don't like that one bit. I don't like that one bit. But the longer Lourdes Goriel is good offensively, uh, the more I'm going to have to do this so uh here i am here we are uh and it's all because of me and my witchcraft powers apparently uh because that was not the intention of this at all when i did it but uh diamondbacks still very good corbin carroll back in the lineup that's something good to see yeah uh corbin carroll remains very good at baseball but uh jesse actually asked pitching coach joe mather yesterday about like how it is that uh corbin carroll splits look a bit bit better between right-handed and left-handed pitching this year than what we've seen in the past yeah, Carroll has really, really been, he's almost been better against lefties than he has been against righties up to this point. In small season. sample size, obviously, but still. Yeah, yeah. So we asked Joe Mather, uh, D-backs hitting coach yesterday, about what has allowed Carroll to, to make that adjustment and have the success that he's had. So he worked pretty hard this spring um, with our left-handed VP thrower, Rolando Vias, and it seemed like they were out there every day after we were practicing and he was having at bats. Rolando, was, he's a former pitcher. He's throwing hard, he's throwing breaking balls, sliders, um, two seams, four seams, cutters. And basically the goal from Corbin's mouth was, all right, let's make this really tough. And here's my goal today or my plan. Throw whatever you got at me and we'll make it work. We'll make an adjustment. Um, it's hard for me to point to anything other than that because I think that's probably as valuable as it gets. But to put yourself in that position, you know, in front of a, a pretty tough scenario every single day, um, knowing that the game is already really hard, and it's impressive, especially at, at the age he is. What were those sessions? So, uh, spring training, yeah. Usually after the workouts, if he wasn't playing, he'd go uh, hit in the cage versus Rolando and then come out and watch the game. 
That just says so much about Corbin Carroll and why he's such an asset. I mean, that when, when you talk about the little things that they see internally that cause them to extend him so so quickly, uh, that that's all that that's all that they're seeing, right? They're seeing that effort put in. They're seeing his his desire to get better. Uh, Mather talked about how he, he doesn't really want a weak spot in his game. He doesn't believe in that. Anything that uh, he considers to be a weak spot or he's told is a weak spot, he actively works on. And I mean, I know that that's so easy to say, like, especially the solution, right? He went in and worked with a pitcher who throws the ball from the hand that he has a, a hard time hitting it from, right? So, of course, that's like a, a fairly easy solution, but it doesn't seem like it was something that was forced upon him. It was something he actively seeked out and, and wanted to improve on and wanted to do it on his own without the, the coaching staff needing to get involved and kind of give him that, that thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it honestly, not really surprising at all. I mean, no. I think that's, that's just who Corbin Carroll is. If he sees, I talked to him about uh, this yesterday a little bit as well. And he talked about how he wants to make sure that there's never uh, never a bad matchup for him that, you know, Tory never feels the need to sit Corbin Carroll against certain pitchers or whatever, you know, a tough lefty, something that the D-backs have had an issue with in, in recent years and something a lot of a lot of, you know, young left handed hitters really struggle with is maybe you were able to hit lefties in the minors. Alec Thomas was able to hit lefties in the minors. But once you get to the big leagues, it's it's different. You're just seeing a, a different quality of pitcher from the left yeah. side and it, it takes some adjustment. I don't know if Corbin Carroll has fully figured it out yet. It would it almost it almost seems a little too good to be true that in his rookie season, you know, after playing 30 games last <laughs> year, he had he had some struggles. He had some struggles in out. his first 30 games against lefties and now he's got it all figured out. I don't know if I fully buy into that, but sure. uh he is I mean, he has been outstanding um, you know, both against righties and against lefties early in the season and uh as I think Dan pointed out earlier in the comments Lourdes Gurriel is is maybe the perfect DH, uh, but you do lose something when you yeah. have when you have Corbin yeah. Carroll not out in the field. Frankly, Derek, you could say that if Corbin Carroll was in left field for this game, the D-backs probably win this game. Um, and you still need you still He's have right. Lourdes in the lineup, right? He's still yeah. in there as the DH, but I think that's a pretty fair case to make. The D-backs probably win if they have Carroll's glove out there in the outfield. And we don't know for sure when that's going to come, but it sounds like it's going to be pretty soon. Yeah, and they're, they're, that's the connection, right? As we talked about Lourdes' poor defense, but his bat being so strong. And again, Corbin not being out there is the reason why both he and Paven Smith are playing more time than we would like to see either one of those guys. Even though Paven Smith had an incredible throw today. Uh, not yeah. incredible, I guess. Just a very good throw, which is just a, accurate. A, they, accurate. They tested yeah, him, and yeah. he was like, "Well, I'm, you know, he's he doesn't have a cannon, but it was an accurate throw, and and he got Dominic Smith at the plate." Yeah. Um. So again, things are gonna, I think, normalize for this team. But part of it normalizing is getting some pieces back, and I think that goes all around. I think that the bullpen is still incomplete, and I don't know what the answer there is. Jose Ruiz yeah. has still been very good for this team. He still has, I think. Uh, I don't know. Did he didn't appear in today's game? But no, uh, he, didn't. he probably game, he could have. Con- but he had, he had seven consecutive scoreless outings coming into today's game. I think he's given up one hit at Chase Field in his last four games at home. So like this guy has been very good and not quietly good, like surprisingly good. When 
I don't think that we had that much, uh, that many expectations out of him. But White Sox fans are probably very angry about what what the D backs have gotten from Jose Ruiz so far. White Sox uh, fans have a lot more to be angry about. Yeah, they're angry that. about a lot of yeah, things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Jose Ruiz is a member of the White Sox. Three and two thirds innings, eight hits, nine runs, three homers allowed, four walks, three strikeouts. Since joining the D backs, 10 and a third innings, eight hits, three runs, one walk, 12 strikeouts been pretty darn good across the board that's pretty good and and we were i mean i think he gave up a home run in each of his first two appearances yeah. so it was like all right well it kind of looks like the jose ruiz uh you know that the white Sox had there's a reason that this team moved on from this guy but he's really settled in nicely for the d-backs uh nate cleveland says does mccarthy have a spot with carol thomas and fletcher who gets sent down we still don't know we don't know how that's going to shake out and honestly we've also talked about the fact that they have an extra position player up so like they might they might make a move tomorrow. Yeah. Honestly, I I mean I guess you have Zach Gallon on the mound, so you feel like you're probably going to get some length you from your starter. You can't gamble with but, that. So you got you have to bring somebody else yeah. to help with this bullpen at this point. So probably that that's probably the move that we're going to see. Diamond says send Paven down and bring back Jake. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm not, but Jake well, has been hitting pretty well in Reno. We're not talking about calling up a posi- another position player. We're yeah. talking about calling up a pitcher, yeah, getting so. Jake McCarthy back up would require sending two position players down so we'll see what happens with that um but diamondbacks once again have more winnable games on the schedule which we will talk about here shortly and take a look at those probables what you need to do is check out our partners our friends over at circle k uh apparently rumor is uh that i'm haunting you on all the gas pumps so uh if no other reason Go there to see pre-purple hair, Derek. I, um, I literally have to fill up with gas on my way home. Makes and me I'm, sick and every I'm, time. And I'm, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't had to fill up with gas since, since this became a thing. But yes, it is very possible that I will, as I am pumping my gas, I will see a video of Derek on the screen telling me to go inside and enjoy a polar pop. Weird? And I very well may take your advice. Yeah, we'll no, we'll yeah. see what kind of mood I'm in. Because it's me. <laughs> and you're going to be like so used to me giving you commands. It's going to be like, Jesse! <laughs> Got to do the starting pitching, bad, you know, average ERA for the for the rundown. Get it in there. All right. Um, I is it weird that I want it to run forever? Like I know that's not how partnership deals work or anything like that. You want that. the partnership to run? For, I thought you were talking about your know, video. I want my video. Like, you want, you want your no, video yeah, on I'm internal just, loop? Selfishly, I just want it to run forever. Like I want, I want, I want, I want to be telling you. Uh, to go get a polar pop from beyond the grave, you know, that kind of thing. Like, that would be awesome if just for eternity that ran on there. But uh, for eternity, Circle K has you covered with uh, fueling yourself up, snacks, drinks, fueling your car up, and so much more. Uh, they got their $1.89 iced coffee, which is the best the best place to get your iced coffee, of course. And, of course, the energy drinks that fuel me. Uh, $3, three for $8 on Red Bulls, three for $6 on Monster. Make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. And right now, you can text PHNX to 31310. Just do it right now. Stop what you're doing. Uh, I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you used to. Oh, no, that's a rap song. So let me stop that. And uh, I'm being a dad right there. Uh, Text PHNX again to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club. And you will get a buy one, get one free offer on the 32-ounce Polar Pop. So when I tell you to go inside... Get a Polar Pop. There, you got buy one, get one free. Uh, head to CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. And, of course, you can also grab our friend's Four Peaks beer at Circle K. Uh, Four Peaks wants to send you to an Arizona Diamondbacks game. One lucky winner will get four seats to an upcoming D-backs game. Tickets come with D-Bucks, so you can grab some food, ice-cold wow wheat, or hot knot. 
Uh, and you can enter by going to their Instagram page at Four Peaks Brew on Instagram. Uh, the link is in the bio. Also, it is Teacher Appreciation Week starting tomorrow. Uh, thank a teacher. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, and nominate them teacher, to win grants. I, yeah, I that's why I'm not going to nominate that. you. I'm just still thanking you, okay? <laughs> thanking you for your service. Uh, Four Peaks Swag is something they could win. They could also win grants and a grand prize of a custom makeover of their teacher's lounge at school. Uh, go to fourpeaksfortteachers.org to nominate a teacher or to donate. You can check out Four Peaks Brew uh, at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, and please drink responsibly. Uh, taking a look at that series ahead, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like I said, I'm not trying to I'm not, I'm not trying to look past any teams, but there are a lot of winnable games uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks in the month of May, and this quite possibly with the way that the Mi- uh, Miami Marlins have been playing as of late is another winnable series, especially with the trio of Zach Gallen, Brandon Fott, and Merrill Kelly uh, lined up to do battle with the Marlins. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is kind of the the golden part of the D-backs rotation, right? Uh, You got Brandon Fott sandwiched in the middle there. I know a lot of people are going to be eager to see what he looks like in in that start. We all are. We absolutely all are. Yeah, it's a good bounce back opportunity. Um, I think there's no question that he was sort of thrown into the fire with, you know, a a road game against one of the best offenses in the game. It was not a soft landing by any means for Brandon Fott. The ball was flying out in Texas that day on, on top of how good the Rangers lineup already is. So, yeah, it's, I mean, this is another series that for the D-backs, I think you feel really good about. Even though the D-backs might have left something on the table here against the Nationals, they still took care of business. And you could make a case, Derek, that they have at least taken care of business against all of the teams uh, that they were, that they are quote unquote supposed to be, yeah. right? They, they won the series with the Royals, won the series with, with um, the Colorado Rockies. They split against a good Texas Rangers team. They, one, two out of three from the Washington Nationals. Yep. And now you've, you know, you're still pressing on here. You've got three games against the Miami Marlins team that is coming off a five game losing streak. I think they might have won their game today, um, but they've, they've struggled a little bit lately. Their run differential is still very, very bad. Uh, so yeah. you, you feel like you have a chance to, you know, take two out of three or maybe get that first elusive sweep in this series. And then beyond that, you've got four against the San Francisco Giants, who are off to a fairly slow start. And then you got three on the road against the Oakland A's, who are probably the worst team in the game right now. So still plenty of opportunity here for the D-backs to continue to gain some ground here in the standings. Connor beat me to it, but he said, I'm going to try to get out to Chase Field for Fat Tuesday. It's Fat Tuesday, but Uh, I'm still calling it Fat Tuesday. There you go. Uh, Every Tuesday, Brandon Fott needs to start, and so we can make that joke. Uh, (laughs) I'll say this, though. The Diamondbacks, even though they lost today, they remain, what, four games over 500? Yeah. That's good enough. Let's get the Cattell Marte graphic going. Can we get him climbing up the Mount 500? Because they are still above Mount 500. So let's go. That never, that never doesn't delight me. The D-backs, uh, when they hit five games over 500 yesterday, that was the first time they have been five games over 500 since the end of the 2019 season. <laughs> they were over 500 last year. I think last year they were like 18 and 15. Yeah. Around this, they, almost, yeah. around pretty much this exact same time of the year. Very true. Um, but yeah, obviously. Actually, very similar. The D-backs were 18 and 15 last year through 33 games. Right now, they're, they're 19 like and 15 through through 34 games. Yeah, last year was a weird fluke, though. And the minute that they went to Dodger Stadium and had four against Dodgers and they got 
their asses beat in the four game it's series. They pretty were never clear. The same yeah, pretty clear from the eye test, at least I would say that this team is at least somewhat better than, yeah. than last year's team. And, and uh, something when we go back to not blaming the bullpen or blaming the bullpen, uh, these games are much different. And I think that's the reason why these are a little uh, frustrating, even more so than when we saw inconsistent, the, the inconsistency last year from the bullpen is that, a lot of those games that they blew, the Diamondbacks did have a small lead and they weren't really able to really pile on and give themselves as big of a lead as they've had in at least the last two games. And that's the concerning part is that the Diamondbacks seem to have, you know, both games in hand and they ended up both being roller coaster rides. Uh, and it was all brought to you by the bullpen. So, I mean, again, I, I know you can say the Diamondbacks definitely failed today to, to continue piling on, but sometimes you know, you should be able to hold a substantial lead like that. But it's baseball. It happens. Uh, another great thing about baseball is even though the Diamondbacks aren't currently in first place in the National League West, they are in first place in the most important division that matters, and that's the All-City Division. Let's put it up there. Sorry, Cubbies. Sorry, Rockies. Oh, I'm very, very sorry to the White Sox. Diamondbacks Yikes. have a two-game lead uh, in the division. And honestly, with the way some of these teams play are playing – I really feel like it's just a two-horse race, Jesse, between us and the Cubs. I mean, the Rockies aren't going anywhere, although they've they've actually played some pretty decent baseball lately. But, uh, yeah, the White Sox, obviously, uh, that's just an all-out disaster at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, the Cubs have actually played some pretty good baseball as well. They got up to a few games over 500. They've dropped back to 500. Their run differential is still very much in the green at this point. Um, so, uh, you know, I think they've played pretty well overall. I still think I think the D-backs are the best out of these four teams, if I'm being totally honest. But, yeah, I think the D-backs and the Cubs is probably going to stay fairly close, uh, close to the, the end of the season. I think those teams are, are pretty comparable. The D-backs only I, – I don't mean to take away from some of these other teams that they have to play, but the D-backs really don't run into a big challenge until May 19th when they start a three-game series with the Pirates. Uh, that's followed by the Phillies. Even then, the Pirates, I mean, I think they've lost six in a row, or at least Mag- they, they had. The Drew yeah. Maggi magic. Yeah, once they, once they let Drew Maggi go, then, you know, the magic, the magic was we'll gone. We'll pull back the curtain, we're, but we both got sun stats up right now. And we're just we're keeping, keeping an eye on it we're just in, keeping in, the, in the, the back. We just want to be honest here in all transparency. But, the Pirates have lost seven games in a row. Yeah, so uh, I guess so, maybe, that, maybe that magic is all gone. hope the Diamondbacks don't go in that direction. But uh, then they got the Phillies, the Red Sox, and then the Rockies to close out the month. The Phillies uh, aren't playing well. The Red Sox are. The Red Sox have won eight of their last ten and are twenty-one and fifteen in in an AL East division. That's just absurd. The AL East is is just an absolute bloodbath right now. I'm not gonna act act like June is like as a, a, as winnable as May, but there's a lot of winnable games in June. You start off with a tough series against the Braves, but then you have the Nationals again, then the Detroit Tigers, then the Phillies again, then the Guardians then the Brewers, then the Giants, uh, and then you close out the month with the Rays and you start a series that cro- go- goes into July with the Angels. So, like, they're, between now and July 1st, the Diamondbacks really need to win a lot of games. I, I really feel yeah. like this is where they kind of need to stockpile wins because things are going to get difficult after that. Once they get into July, they, they have much more difficult opponents, and it's kind of stacked you know, with with how many games they have against like AL AL opponents that are pretty good uh, and that they're not really super familiar with, so it's going to be an interesting season. And I'm I'm not going to lie, the Diamondbacks have a lot to uh, a lot to prove over the next month against I think the weaker opponents because that will yeah. really show if they are 
you know, one of the elite teams in baseball that can play for a playoff position at the end of this month or at the end of this season. So yeah, uh, I'm starting to believe though. I'm starting to believe a little bit more. Something that, yeah, something that I think we're all kind of starting to believe in is the offense. And as much as, you know, we, we talked a lot about hitting with runners in scoring position and not executing in some key spots. The offense as a whole still is giving you a pretty crazy level of production. I mean, the D-backs have scored 180 runs through 34 games. That's a lot of runs through 34 games. The D-backs have, as of right now, the third most runs in the National League. Only the Braves and the Dodgers have scored more runs uh, out of NL teams, and and not by that much. The D-backs are are within a few runs of of both of those teams. So this offense, I think, is, is proving to be more legit than, honestly, any of us probably anticipated. I mean, if you get... If you get Lourdes Gurriel being the Lourdes Gurriel of a couple years ago, when he was a pretty big part of that Toronto Blue Jays offense, that's huge for the Diamondbacks. Uh, I tweeted out during the game, Lourdes Gurriel had five home runs all of last year for the Blue Jays. It is May 7th, and Lourdes Gurriel already has five home runs, and there's Derek messing with his purple hair again. Just saying. Purple hair, purple <laughs> hair. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You guys should show up to some of the games. Of course, we have our takeover season pass, which you guys can join us for the remaining games. We're going to have a blast. We got one coming up here on May 11th against the San Francisco Giants. Thursday. Uh, this Thursday. Uh, and, of course, Jesse and I are completely changing our schedule just so that we can make sure we are hanging out for that game. Uh, make sure to join us for that. Braves, Cardinals, Padres, Rockies. You can get that over at Eventbrite. All right, we will have the link in the description. Uh, also, make sure to check out our friends over at Game Time to get last-minute tickets to all Arizona Diamondbacks games all season long. They have you covered for upcoming games, concerts, shows, whatever you want, but mostly sporting events. Game Time is the place for last-minute tickets. Uh, the app is very aesthetically pleasing and easy to use, and you can snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Download the GameTime app now, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, terms do apply. I believe there's a minimum amount you have to spend on uh, tickets in order to get that $20 deal. But again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. If you can't make it out to the games, but you still want to watch them and you want to cut that cord, check out our friends over at Fubo TV. They have 140-plus live channels of sports, shows, movies and news and more you can stream live from any device uh, and of course you can watch the most arizona sports for the lowest price you can find start watching immediately with a seven-day trial uh, and you can check out the sun's playoff run on abc and espn uh, you can also get the pga championship f1 nhl draft on espn and most importantly watch your arizona diamondbacks on valley sports with fubo tv use the link in the description to sign up for 15 percent off your first month of fubo pro uh, well, we will be back tomorrow with our Mailbag Monday episode, so make yes. sure to keep an eye out for our Twitter on that. Uh, here is, you see, this says Thursday post game. We talked about that, so we're going to have a little bit of a change. Maybe we do Tuesday post game, Jesse. We'll figure that out. But yeah, I think that's backwards. I think it's supposed to yeah. be Tuesday post game and then Thursday at one yeah. p.m. But we will be out there at Chase Field. We will also be right here back with you guys. So make sure to keep an eye out for that Mailbag Monday tweet. Uh, send us your questions. Of course, we love to get your questions and love to give you answers. 
Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Da- Damon is at Damon Dogs uh, with a D-A-W-G-S at the end. You got to do a little bark. And that's also for Bark in the Park Day. So make sure you do that as well. Uh, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm still crushed by what you said earlier about this being the only baseball game that some dogs will ever see. That's that's actually so sad, Derek. Why did you have to say that? Because people don't take their dogs to multiple sporting events. Jesse, some people, some people do it once and they decide this shit was enough. <laughs> I'm never going through this again. Some dogs are good boys and girls. Some dogs are good. Not all dogs are good. They all get to heaven, but they're not all good. That's the way it works around here. And we all know that's a fact. I love my dogs. Those assholes cannot be taken into public. Maybe Molly, my my (laughs) French bulldog, she'll just lay on my lap and lick herself at her paws. But the rest of them are absolute monsters and have no business being taken out into public. So uh, that's the reason why I say I'm sure there's at least one dog who saw his last baseball game today. Uh, And of course, I'm sorry if that's dark. It's just the way it is. I really wish Jesse wouldn't have drawn more attention to it. I was a veterinary technician at one point in my life, so this shit's real to me. Uh, But we appreciate you guys being here. We appreciate all the dogs for watching today, most importantly. We thank you (laughs) for being here. On behalf of uh, Dame and Jesse and myself, we thank you guys so much for being here. Remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you get to watch more than one game in your lifetime.